good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are on this beautiful planet. It is time for another trigger-proof transmission. I'm going to, as usual, making sure this little bas bad boy is, uh, <laughs> is working. I want to make sure that it's working. Give me a thumbs up if it's working okay. Leslie, I see you. Nice to see you. Hey, Jen. Diana's here, my lovely wife. Give me a thumbs up and let me know if this thing cuts out have to restart because we're going to be talking about a very interesting conversation. You can hear me and is it smooth? Seem to be having some challenges with audio so before I get going and into my flow state I really want to make sure that you can fully hear me and there are no distractions. Okay love, thank you. So I want to talk about something really interesting um, in this time that has come up in the conversations we've been having in our group calls, in our just the conversations that we have, the connections that I've been having with our clients and beyond. When I ask the question, how are you doing? How are you really in this uh, COVID time? A lot of people who are doing pretty good start to feel guilty for how good they're doing because there's people dying, there's people out of work, uh, there's people struggling and then just like in anything with the downside there's always an upside to everything there's a duality in everything depends on where my aim is and my aim is entirely dependent on how my nervous system is functioning which is an interesting thing you might want to kind of make a note about is that the state of my nervous system can, is probably the most important consideration and factor of the direction and aim of my perceptions. So if I'm in what's called a dorsal vagal shutdown or I'm in sympathetic response and sympathetic dominance, my nervous system is dysregulated, I'm now going to start looking for evidence of things not working in my life. This is basically human behavior, neuroscience. This is neuroscience. You get what's called a fear bias. We, we already have this fear bias that's implanted in our nervous systems that we have to work to actually override. It's trying to keep us safe. It's You don't want to venture outside of the cave from our primitive hunter-gatherer days. You don't really want to go outside of the cave. You want to make sure that you're safe. So your nervous system will, will err on the side of caution and fear. That's, the, that's what we're, we're up against even when we don't have all of this shit going on around us. That's basically where we're at, right? So we have this fear bias, and when we're in that state, depending on our nervous system, we are going to aim and start noticing and gathering and detecting evidence to support whatever story that we are kind of telling ourselves. The world is not safe. We're going to die. People are out to get me. Uh, men can't be trusted. Women can't be trusted. They're all after the same thing. Like, whatever story that's going on in my mind based on an old trauma that I have will be embedded into my body and depending on the nature of where my nervous system is at during that ladder whether I'm in dorsal vagal shutdown I'm in sympathetic dominance where I'm in rage and frustration or if I've worked my way up to up the ladder to that ventral vagal response where I feel connected I feel safe there's a safety and a connection and social engagement is is working and firing when I'm there I start noticing 
more amazing things in my life. I start noticing the things that I'm grateful for. I start noticing and acknowledging my wins. So we had this really interesting uh, conversation in our group, um, in, in my mastermind group, where I said, hey, everybody, I will, I'd like for you to share your wins. And, and we, we talk about this in our group. It's amazing how many times we resist doing that. Well, if I share a win, what about all those other people who are feeling like, you know, they're not doing really well? I feel guilt about that. So if I can encourage you right now, this is what I'd love for you to do. First and foremost, if you're paying attention, whether you're on replay, let me know, hashtag replay. Where are you tuning in from? Number one, like, just let me know where you're where you're tuning in from right now. I'd love to see where you're at. The second thing that I'd like for you to do is just connect with your body right now. Put one hand on your chest and the other hand on your belly. And start noticing your breath. And what I'd like for you to do right now as we're having this conversation together is to just make an effort on the inhale and let your exhale just surrender. I learned that from my good friend uh, Ed Dangerfield who taught me how to breathe properly. <sighs> Let's do that three or four of those together, four, five breaths together, and only your effort will go on the inhale, surrendering your exhale so that you can relax your nervous system in this transmission today. What I'm gonna teach you will land a lot better. <sighs> Three more. <sighs> Surrendering the exhale. <sighs> one more time. And notice your nervous system completely regulating with that last one. <sighs> completely relaxing. Then the next thing that I'd love for you to do as we're having this conversation, what I'd love for you to do is write down what your win is, as Lucy is going a little bit nutty right now around me. What's your biggest wins? In this really shitty time where the world is in a collective freeze state, guaranteed, after I've helped you kind of regulate just by using your breath and becoming present with the, the life that's actually flowing through you, what have been your biggest wins? Just got off a call with a good friend of mine, Marcelo, and his beautiful wife, Rachel, and they've been good friends of ours, and so the four of us had a little Zoom call, and I asked him, that was my biggest question that I asked him right away. I said, what's been your biggest win so far? Hey, Al, what's up, brother? Write down your biggest win. Your biggest win that you can think of in this COVID pandemic. What's been your biggest lesson, your biggest win? And I asked him that, and he said, Taking the time to pause and really get to know the essence of these children that we feed and take up space in our homes. And he said, the biggest win is deeply connecting with my kids and our partnership. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Such an interesting thing. What have been your wins? My biggest win has been um, feeling during a really difficult time, feeling the 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 rewards of creating a secure attachment in my home with my partner and with my parents and with my friends. My friends who've really, like, during this difficult time, your friends who, 
you know, who see you, who get you, who understand you, who are regulated within themselves, who love you for who you are, they really show their true nature, don't they? And you also show your true nature as well, you know, with, with what's most important to you. Your priorities during this time, everything that's not a priority starts to wither away. Maureen says, conversations I'm having with my family. I asked this in my mastermind group. I said, guys, share your biggest wins. I wanted to share and acknowledge one person specifically, a lot of people, but one was, her name was Peta. And she's been working with us for the last year and she's just had some massive wins. She's overcome her addictions. She now has decided she's going to step up and she wants to serve a group of teenagers and become kind of like a mentor to teenage girls because she remembers what it was like to be so confused as a teenager and she really wants to help teenagers find their power. And I want to share with you her win that she shared today. She said, my biggest win has been showing up each and every day in my teen empowerment group. She started a Facebook group for teen empowerment to teach them about having a solid morning and evening routine. I've only just launched the group and it's only small, but it's a stepping stone for, for me to create my dreams. Boy, have I struggled with some resistance. So many stories going on in my head, like no one's listening here, I'm not professional enough, I'm not a very good speaker, etc., etc. I could so easily have let these stories to continue to run my life and remain in the same spot I've always been but I've been working hard on myself to overcome these resistances that have always held me back. I'm so passionate about my mission. I've stepped up and I've shown up. Each morning, this is what she says, I've shown up. Each morning before I've been doing my live videos, I've been taking my own 16-year-old self with me to sit beside me. This is a key because we talk about inner child work, and what she's done is, each morning before I've been doing my live videos, I've been taking my own 16-year-old self with me to sit beside me. This is who this is for. She needed to hear this stuff to these young ladies in my group. No matter if I'm only getting my message through to just one person. It's not about me and my insecurities. My mission is greater than that. I'm seeing some huge shifts in my own 16-year-old daughter's energy. She also has a daughter who happens to be 16. Because I'm stepping up. She's been plugging away at her sign. She set a schedule for herself. She's doing online training. And I know it's because she's seeing me show up each day too. I've been working hard on my content and my hard juggling 16-year-old, two four-year-olds, a house full of people, but the tiredness is so worth it. It means hard work. Whilst my 70-year-old mom moans and groans about the coronavirus, I'm sitting over here using this time as my greatest pivot point. How beautiful is that? Such a beautiful thing. That's a huge win. Maureen is having conversations with her family. I'd love to share, Maureen, if I have your permission, tell me, let me know if I do. If I have your permission, I want to share your win as well, because uh, you shared this. My sister and I worked out a family issue, allowing each other to freely express our opinions whilst, while staying on point with the facts. Although the decision left me not feeling satisfied, we made it together without judging one another. We saw each other standing for the family. 
The lesson is I choose myself first every morning by doing some exercise which gives me patience with others to mitigate judgments within them and themselves. Huge win. <clears throat> what? Please post your win. I want to know what your win is. What's been your greatest win? What's been your greatest win throughout this COVID time? Melissa basically has donated bunches of flowers to over 1,000 essential workers. Okay, she's she's got a flower farm. Uh, a, 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 a kind of there's like a greenhouse, and that's the, that's the family business. She's donated to over a thousand essential workers in my community over four weeks. The lesson is giving without ex expectation or an in order to the universe matches the vibration. Her business, her therapy coaching business, has exploded ever since she did that. Huge win she was sharing that. And people are just sharing their wins. And the thing is that there's no... Thanks for... Thank you, Maureen. It was, it was beautiful. And the thing is, is that there's nothing wrong with sharing a win when you're doing it connected with within yourself and really getting a felt sense of the difficult work that it took in order to get there. In other words, when you're sharing a win and you're not connected to the difficult work that it got there, then it comes across as bragging. And, and when you share it, it doesn't land very well on me when I'm sharing it to you. If you're sharing it with me, a win, when you're not connected to the difficult challenge that it took to get you there, and you're basically saying, hey, it's so easy, then it doesn't land on me very well. It feels really gross. But if I'm sharing with you, you know what? During these really difficult times, we weren't able to have our family with us celebrating our wedding, but we got a lot of people on Zoom, and it was probably one of the most beautiful days that I've experienced in a very long time, and it was during a really difficult time. And everybody messaged me and thanked me because it's so bleak, the news that we hear, that they got to celebrate and witness the exchange of love. And when I'm sharing that win with you, I'm not doing it in a way where I'm oblivious to the challenges around. So what I'd love for you to do in the comment section right now, give yourself permission. What's been a win for you? What's been a win for you? And the reason why this is important in the conversation of self-trust is it's necessary for your nervous system to consistently look at what has been working little mini celebrations to talk to your younger self kind of like if you had a younger five-year-old with you who's really feeling uh, lost who's feeling abandoned and you're constantly saying hey great work great work you're doing amazing and you're able to tell your younger parts these wins and you're able to celebrate them within yourself you start to expand on your self-trust because those little celebrations help you override the natural judgment, abandonment, blame, and shame that we do to ourselves every time we get triggered. Let me say that again. Every time you get triggered, the natural condition response is to judge, abandon, blame, and shame yourself. This is the jabs mnemonic that I learned from my good friend Dr. Russell Kennedy. We judge, we abandon, we blame and shame ourselves, which causes us to not trust ourselves. 
So the way that we develop self-trust is to decondition that conditioned response. And a great way to do it is consistently, while being connected with the challenge that got you there, to acknowledge yourself and your wins each and every day. Finding evidence each and every day for your dreams manifesting is not about the specific evidence itself, it's about the search itself. If I'm looking for wins, if I'm looking for gratitude, my nervous system rewires a different way because the fear bias already causes me to look for where it's not safe, where you're my enemy, where um, I can't trust that person and where I'm a fuck up and I can't be trusted again. Does that make sense? It's critical critical for your nervous system for you to turn the bragging into deep profound self-acknowledgement in a way which is not in a manic elated way that's not blind to the challenging road that got you there and we that way we can transform bragging into deep self-acknowledgement that's embodied and then as you do this more and more you start to develop a self-trust, a sense of self-trust. This is really important for us, for our nervous systems to do, because whenever we want to, to do healing work, which is really what this is about, this is all about doing healing work so that we can create healthy relationships around us and then have some sort of a say and agency in the creation of our lives, because we can't do it if we're disconnected and dissociated from ourselves because we don't have trust in ourselves. So in order to do that, we must take a bold leap of faith in self-trust and bump up against all of the things that cause us to not self-trust and then change the pattern. The last thing that I wanted to mention is to do one more thing to help you develop a sense of self-trust other than consistently counting wins each day and looking for the wins each day as a habit, as a ritual. What you want to do as well is to keep one promise to yourself every day. If you keep one promise to yourself, like I'm going to do my meditations, I'm going to exercise today, I'm going to, you know, finish one chapter of writing my book, whatever that promise is, when you keep a promise, even a small promise to yourself, you win twofold in learning self-trust. The first one is, is that, well, when you think of somebody that you keep a promise to. If you've ever promised something to somebody and you've kept it, what it says is that person that I kept a promise to is actually worthy of keeping promises to. They're that important. Oh, I promised I promised my 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 son that I was going to go to his baseball game. Well, what that when you show up, you basically tell your your the message you're giving yourself is, "Wow, that son is very important to me." The second win that happens is when you show up from a promise that you already made yourself, you then feel like you are the kind of person with integrity that keeps their promise. So when you keep a promise to yourself, you win in two ways. Number one, you're that important to be keeping promises to. And number two, you're the kind of person with integrity that keeps their promise. If you develop this each and every day, one small habit with yourself, over time you're now unlearning 
the judgment, abandonment, blame, and shame that you do to yourself, and you're turning it into self-trust by acknowledging yourself, by acknowledging your wins. One of the things that people will say constantly to me is, like, I want to come to your program, I want to do your workshop, but I've done tons of things, and here I am in the same situation. Have you ever experienced that? I have an answer to that. What you're doing when you're saying that is you're not acknowledging all of the insights and growth that you made from the, all of those other um, trainings or programs that you did. You got something. You're just in a dorsal vagal state and you're not seeing what you, where you went, where you won at the time because now you're in such a shutdown mode. You're looking, you're evidence gathering for things not working. But if you really look and see who was I before those events, before those trainings, before those workshops, what insights did I gain? What freedom did I experience? What um, resistances and resentments did, did I let go of? Then you can go, oh geez, it wasn't actually a waste of time. It was a necessary step in my path. The problem is that consciousness work is ongoing. It never lasts. The truth continues to reveal itself to me and it's up to me to continuously self-examine and because an exam an unexamined life as Socrates says is a life not worth living so I'm really really keen on helping guide you up that mountain towards secure attachments and the big 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 factor that's gonna stop you is a lack of self-trust this transmission was really about helping you cultivate that within yourself. Little daily action steps that you can do to decondition your program judging, abandoning, blaming, and shaming yourself and turning it into self-acceptance, self-love, uh, self-trust. It's a practice that you do daily and you must confront not trusting yourself in order to do it. Those of you who are joining us tomorrow, I cannot wait for the overview experience. We have a sellout. Uh, we are pretty much sold out um, of all of the spots. What we're going to be doing is going back to the time where you first abandoned yourself and we're practicing the art of reconnection. We're practicing the art of becoming trigger-proof from taking a trigger that's bothering us the most right now that is completely ha having us fall to pieces and, and completely having a loss of power, loss of freedom, not being able to express ourselves. We're going to go to the root of it and that sometimes is scary for a lot of people but when you're doing it in a community of people who are all up to the same game, it's completely transformative. And next weekend, we're doing our breathwork and badassery once again. And that, in and, in and of itself, is hugely transformative. Send me a DM if you have any questions about it. And uh, we will see you at the next perfect time. Hopefully that was valuable for you.